Aurelien, thank you for tuning in. This is Aurelien, I'm here with my co-host, Glenn and Darcy. This is Advanced Real Estate Talk, and we're going to discuss um, leveraging today. So maybe I could go first today. I, I see two main aspects of leveraging. Uh, one can leverage other people's money, and of course you think of the bank, the bank's money. And uh, a good indicator that you're doing it is when you calculate your cash on cash return, you do it based on the down payment, the cash invested, uh, not the total cost of the asset, because um, depending on the bank, but usually, you know, if you do a multifamily investment, your loan to value is going to be 80%. So the 20% uh, of the down payment is what you're going to calculate, what you're going to use to calculate your cash on cash return. So that's one way of leveraging, leveraging money, leveraging um, the bank's money. And you can also leverage other people's work. Uh, I never did renovations myself. I'm not very handy. And, and I've never been attracted to, to, to renovations. I prefer to create a job and let someone else do it. Someone else was experienced and, um, and pay them for that. And, uh, and, and work and focus my energy on what I do best, which is uh, for me, uh, create content and also find deals and, and negotiate deals. So that's that's how I leverage uh, both yeah. money and time. Yeah, it might be instructive just as I was thinking, as I'm listening, that people might not know about what we mean by how we define leverage in real estate. Um, leverage in real estate is when you uh, use debt to multiply the potential return of your real estate investment. So you borrow, say, when you did it with your house, you Nobody had $100,000 to buy a house. You borrowed $70,000 from your bank and you put up 30. The leverage in that is the difference between what you have in here. They're using someone else's money. The $70,000 is the bank's money or another lender's money to get you into a larger asset. And then if you want to scale it up and you're buying a large apartment building, well, now you have $4 million worth of the bank's money and a million of yours. And sometimes those scaling 30%, 20% fall, the larger the asset, um, just because the amount of money involved and the underlying value of the asset there. But that's, that's what they mean by leverage in real estate. So for instance, how, you know, Ari's describing how it could work in that situation. What if you bought a home for $100,000, but you only put $30,000 down and your home went up in value by $30,000. It's now worth $130,000. Well, in overall value, it, uh, the home rose in value 30%, but your money that you put in actually doubled your money. The 30,000 is now 60,000 of the 130. That's a hundred percent increase. That's a hundred percent increase on your 30,000. And that's why leveraging works so well that you're putting a smaller amount in and allowing the lever, the mechanism of someone else's money to increase your money. There's risk involved, of course, but um, with an underlying asset, it's still, uh, the risk is mitigated by the quality of the property that you're purchasing or the property of asset you're purchasing. Now, will people give you leverage on fine art and paintings? No, they will not because the values of those are generally subjective. Now, maybe if you have Van Gogh's sunflowers, you got a shot at getting leverage on that, but 230 million or $500 million for that painting, I don't even want to hazard a guess what the leverage would look like and the interest rate on something like that, a painting, which could be carried out in a suitcase and moved off the continent. So, you know, the leverage is often a, a, 
modified or uh, has a factor of the interest rate attached to it based on the security presented, such as a piece of land. You're not digging your land up and moving it to another country, but a painting you could quite easily portably take it away, such as jewelry as well, or stocks and certificates. The leverage on those and the interest rates apply to those because they're so volatile are commensurate with the risk involved. So you're going to pay higher interest on that. That's why you got low interest rates on real estate right now. And by say anything under five is low, right? Anything under 5% is kind of low. Is that, I'm hoping that'll, you know, help so sort of the people that are kind of new to this and listening and going, oh, okay, all right, I get it, I get yeah, it. Yeah, it gives a broader context, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Because it's essential to real estate. Um, there are very few people can put down cash and buy a whole, uh, a whole thing by cash. A million dollar property just to have a wait for 25 years and finally have a million dollars in savings and put it down on a property. I mean, think of how silly that would be. You list, list, miss 25 years of investment opportunities while you're saving up for one opportunity 25 years in the future. It's a terrible mistake. That's why you do use other people's money and leverage it in investments. Well, the price of real estate would be much lower because no one could afford it. <laughs> That's true. Dollars. <laughs> you know, leverage. And that is actually, you know, when you see if people have traveled abroad and you see half finished homes in some of our, you know, uh, countries that you might visit, you see homes that are half finished and you go, what's, what's going on here? They're not destroyed. They haven't been broken, but people do not have access to um, investment capital and loans from banks. So when you travel to Mexico and you're traveling from the airport in Puerto Vallarta and you're going to Bucieras and you see homes on the side of the road that have, you know, a portion of a finished and a foundation poured and the structural steel and concrete ends in the air and the other half of the house is not finished. That's because they don't have any leverage. The underlying land and the interest rates on it are not available to those people to leverage into a loan. Either they don't have the money to pay a loan, interest rates are really high, or banks will not loan for private homes. So they're paying for those homes strictly with cash. As they get the cash to complete the house, they complete the next section of the house. They add on, they build on top, they put a roof on it, they put a second floor on top of that. And that's why you're seeing those kind of staged construction. Whereas in you know North America and Northern Europe, um, the underlying land and the banking system and the interest rates and the risk are such that the bank will loan or give leverage to complete construction of condos and towers and personal homes and factories and businesses. Um, that's a graphic example of where it's applying and where it's not applying and where they see the risk is too high and they won't offer leverage. They say, no, no, you're paying full cash. Everything you do, you're putting cash down and then you pay, you pay before even show up with the bricks, mortar and sand. So, well, it's yeah. one of those things that we do take for granted. And uh, when I have more people who invest in all over the world, you'll realize that <clears throat> as Canadians, some places we can get leverage mm -hmm. and some places it isn't available, isn't available to us. It isn't available to the people who live there. And it does bring the prices down and people who, um, who are from richer countries can move in there and buy a nice piece of land on the beach because it, you know, like it's phenomenally cheaper because it, it, everything runs in cash in those countries. There That's isn't right. a financing system like we have. Yeah. And they just don't trust that you're going to have a job for 25 years and make those payments, those amortization payments. That's just, they, they are smart. They know what the risk looks like. If, you know, the leadership of their country turns over every 18 months, you know, from a social democracy to a fascist regime, there's no chance you're going to get a bank loan. They just don't see it being paid off. Um, another great example where you're seeing leverage played out is um, Dragon's Den. When people come in with a product or an idea or a, a business uh, proposal, 
and they're looking, they're seeking, you know, $400,000 for 10% of their business. And they're estimating their business is worth $4 million. And the dragons look at it and go, there's nothing to protect here. There's no underlying asset. You, you, that is not a legitimate ask for leverage. There's no possible way I'm going to put my money in for that. And you'll see them bat that idea back and say, no, no, we'll take 80% of your business for $600,000 saying, we actually think your business is barely worth 800,000. And uh, you know, you can leave here with this deal or not take it or leave it. It's a underlying. All that is an app is an estimation of risk and reward. And if they don't see the reward and the risk too high and the reward too low, you're not going to get the leverage you're looking at, looking for. Um, but it's fundamental uh, to any sort of investment. Yep. And you just touched on risk and that's what uh, financing is. It's all risk-based. Um, if you want to be a Canadian investing in the U.S., you're foreign national. There's more risk. The, the options they have to collect are not as many as someone who lives in the soil. There's a lot fewer options. Price, price goes up, leverage goes down. Right, or the rate goes up, leverage goes down. And, and it just even changes from loan program to loan program. A cash out refi is gonna have lower leverage because you have less skin in the game, right? They're, it's all risk-based is how they're determining all this stuff. So if you want to cash out, you're gonna do a perfect burr on a property, which is means say you bought that 100, oh, say you bought a $50,000 house, put a $50,000 reno in it, you're in it for 100 grand, it appraises for 140, you go put a mortgage on for say 100 grand, you're in it for zero. So if, um, if if things don't go to plan or a roof gets ripped off or whatever, you're more likely to just walk because you have nothing in it, right? Mm -hmm. There's no skin in the game from you. So they the, the, it, the risk goes up the, for them, which means the leverage has to come down and the rate's going to go up, right? Um, and that's just how you go. And so if you're actually shopping loan programs, make sure you cap compare apples to apples because you need to know that you're not comparing a purchase rates and purchase leverage to cash out refi leverage and refi rates and leverage will be different than cash out rates and leverage. So just make sure you compare apples to apples when you're doing these things, right? Even yeah. it doesn't matter the country. <laughs> it makes sure you compare apple to apples. Um, this might be drifting a field a bit, but you raise a really interesting point. The difference between if they know you're going to live in it and work in the community and set down roots, that is that lowers the risk. They say this this isn't an investor that could walk across the border and go back to Ontario or Manitoba and work on his farm. This is someone's going to be part of our community, and they'll they'll juice the deal in your favor a bit for those sorts of things. I always wondered if a tiny bit of uh, jealousy was involved in that that they just don't want. I don't know. It feels, it really, it honestly feels like it. If you do, as Glenn describes, a perfect buy, uh, renovate, um, refi uh, rent and repair and, refinance. and get your, refinance, and you get your money out through refinance, there's this lingering resentment that you've done so well. Because remember, I hope there's no bankers listening to this podcast. No, actually, I do hope there is. Remember, they're getting paid by the hour. And when they just see some clown come in, buy a property right in their own community, fix it up double its value or more than double its value, take all his money out and do another one. I mean, it's like the, the podcast we had two weeks ago about this young fellow, uh, Fernandez in London, who's flipped 20 houses or bought and purchased and refinanced 20 houses and fix them up. There's a measure of sort of pettiness or jealousy that I think underlines some of this when people read this and go, yeah, I don't think that's fair. I, mean, I know how hard that guy worked to do this and the risk that he took on. 
And you see a little lingering bit of this that they just kind of don't think it's quite right that you could be that clever and get all your money out. Shouldn't you have to pay a bit of a speed bumper or something for that? I don't know. Maybe that's just my... Yeah. I, my I already favorite. touched on this a little bit too. And we've talked a lot about like leverage through financing. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also the other side of this, right? And uh, there's a lot of ways to leverage everything, right? We talked to mm -hmm. many times about uh, building systems and that's what it is about is leveraging other people's knowledge, experience. Absolutely. Uh, hiring a coach, um, working with an accountability buddy so you help each other back and forth. You're leveraging each other to do better things, right? Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't be where I am without my accountability buddy. Um, you know, a contractor, you know? you're leveraging their skills like yep. Ari was saying he's not really handy like would you be able to do this without leveraging the skills of a contractor likely not right yeah. leveraging the skills of a property manager who's local to that market so you can buy wherever you want to buy right yep. um the knowledge is like people's experience listening to podcasts you're leveraging that podcast um just getting a rock out of the ground using a, a simple lever, right? To to get that out. I'm going to be doing that in the next couple of weeks. I got a big rock in the backyard. It's leverage. Just always by you know multiplying force uh, by just using you know a rock and a stick, or using someone else's experience or exp uh, skills. Um, and it works in, in most cases, at least the way I like to plan it, is it's a win-win situation. It's something. Um, it's something for them that they can do like a, it's a say a property manager or a contractor provides them employment right mm -hmm. um and it allows me to do stuff remotely that i wouldn't actually be able to be there to do right yeah There's, you're leveraging technology technology yes all these tools it's a tool it's essentially it's a tool archimedes uh, famous quote is probably used an awful lot by you know business people and visionaries and this is you know it's only 2400 years old um, but it still applies. Give me a lever long enough in a fulcrum and I can move the world. And that's the un underlying idea is that their leverage is enough and you got a place to stick it, like a pinch point to get to edge it up under. You can move a big rock out of Glenn's front yard, or you can fix a, a 44 unit apartment building, or you can solve social ills. You just have to figure out what the lever is, where the pinch point is, where to put the fulcrum and apply the force. Um, I mean, that sounds easy in concept in theory, but in the actuality, it, it's hard work. Someone's got to push down hard. And but it is less force with a lever. Yes. And so you're putting less in uh, and to get more by working with others. It's just smart. And yeah. And leverage all those things. Leverage this podcast. You know, go back. There's like 50 or probably 60 episodes now. I, I think it's it's like them. we're in like, I think 72 or something. This one's going to oh, be exposed. That's yeah. good. So feel free to leverage freely. <laughs> Thank you for your invitation. Yes, yes. <laughs> leverage us. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, it was good to, uh, to see you, Glenn, see you, Darcy. And, you. Uh, as usual, if you want to see your question uh, answered during the show, feel free to email it to us at advancedreitalk at gmail.com. Advancedreitalk at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Thanks.